Welcome in to another episode of the Esports Network podcast presented as always by Esports Network. I'm your host, Mitch Dreams, and the topic of today's podcast is Psionics being acquired by Epic Games and the hiring of the Overwatch League commissioner, Nate Nanzer, by Epic. So we've covered both of those stories in Esports Minutes in the previous weeks, but now we're going to go in-depth on what this acquisition means for Rocket League and means for Epic Games as a whole. To help me break down the situation, I'm joined by Rocket League enthusiast and high school friend of mine, Maxwell Bettendorf. Max, how you doing today, man? I was doing all right till I jumped on the sticks and lost about three ranks. That is how Rocket League goes for you. Well, I appreciate you joining me. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. We are both very avid Rocket League players. So excited to really break down the future of this game. And uh, this is the biggest moment, I think it's safe to say, for Rocket League in its brief history. Since it was created in 2015, I believe, uh, this acquisition is huge because Cyanix is a relatively small studio competing against Giants. And now they finally have the financial backing to take Rocket League to the next level. But it's not all good things. Let's start very general, though. What do you think... Epic Games acquiring Rocket League means for the game going forward. Yeah, uh, there's been a lot of talk about this Epic Games acquisition. I mean, it's a huge move for Psionics. Like you said, a small company getting taken by this massive company that uh, frankly was small just two years ago before they created you know, Fortnite, which blew up the entire internet, revamped the entire gaming culture. So what's that mean for Rocket League? I'm looking at you know, maybe a free to play in the future, maybe a new shop center, you can buy items, maybe a bigger prize pool in competitions. There's already a lot of changes going on and the acquisition doesn't even go through for a couple of months. Yeah, that's that's very true. It's Rocket League has already taken some parts of uh, the Epic Games model, like the new esports item shop, which instead of doing the loot boxes that Rocket League was known for, now you can just buy items. And that's what Fortnite popularized by just having people go into a refreshed item shop every 24 hours and spending money. And it turns out people love that model. And now Epic Games has made so much money on Fortnite cosmetics, they can buy top esports like Rocket League. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, so one of the biggest things, and I just want to start with the top, is the Epic Games Store. And this is why Epic and has acquired Rocket League is because they are trying to compete with Steam. And Steam is the ubiquitous online marketplace. Almost every gamer has it. And now Epic Games has created its own online store. And so the big question on a lot of gamers' minds is, what does this mean for Steam? And Epic or uh, Psionics addressed that in their initial press release. They said the PC version of Rocket League will come to the Epic Games Store in late 2019. In the meantime, it will continue to be available for purchase on Steam, and thereafter, it will continue to be supported on Steam for all existing purchasers. But yeah. people are still a little bit worried. As it transitions to Epic Games, will they let the Steam client fall by the wayside? And I think that's a very legitimate worry. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that definitely being a worry for most people. I've never been an avid PC Master Race gamer. I'm definitely playing most games on the Xbox One. Recently, with a move over to Switch, I mean that that console is a real beast when it comes to some serious gaming. 
wherever you want to be. And the minute that that, uh, that Rocket League, Psyonix released that cross-platform capabilities, I immediately bought Rocket League on my Switch. Got to play it on there. And the first thing I noticed is you don't get to keep your account. My account from the Xbox, though you can play against it, is not the same account I'm playing on the Switch. So a lot of concern here is definitely of the account loss. People put thousands and thousands of hours into Rocket League. The addiction there is real. I mean, when I'm playing, if I'm winning, I'm staying. If I'm losing, well, I got to play till I win again. And if I lose again, well, I'll probably be done then. Yeah, but <laughs> a couple of losses. Uh, you put all these, you put, yeah, a couple of losses. You open these chests, you get new items, you win up your rank. I, I've been in the diamonds, I've went down to plat, and there's nothing holding me back from pushing back up to diamond. But when I jump over to switch, I got to re restart everything, and that was a difficult at starting uh, at the beginning until I kept going. But on on Steam, I mean. You'd hope that all of your account information can just transfer over so you're not abandoning one client. Also, a, a fear that I've I've seen come out is maybe they leave they leave uh, the updates in in the past for for Steam. For example, on uh, Xbox One and PlayStation and, and uh, even the PC itself, you can just go in way back in the day. You had to purchase a car like the Takumi or even the Dominus, and now it's it's already a part of your garage. On the Switch, no, you got to still purchase that stuff, including the great and almighty Cristiano wheels. I don't get those on the Switch, and it's a real bummer. Yeah, you're really broken up about the Cristiano wheels, and I in those Cristiano wheels, <laughs> and I feel that, and that's a huge deal. I dealt with the same thing. I moved uh, about a year ago, and I left my PC behind because it was my brother's. It wasn't mine, but I had developed a very good Rocket League account on there. Left, and now I have a PS4, and I had to start over from scratch, and it was. Demoralizing. I actually quit playing Rocket League for a long time because my rank jumped back down. It doesn't let you do the slow grind back to diamond. And I had to start back in gold three early plat. And I lost all my other items. I lost my uh, friends list. I lost all my connections. And I ended up not playing the game for a while. And that's a very legitimate worry, or it should be for Psyonix. If that, if somebody is maybe falling out of love with the game, it moving off of Steam or stopping being supported by Steam could be the death sentence for somebody to finally be like, all right, I'm uninstalling. I've spent 100 or 1,500 hours in this game and this is it. Like, I, I can't just start from scratch. It's over. Yeah, if you're not already getting tilted by toxicity, then uh, having to start over is definitely a death sentence for some people. Yeah, and the other thing is that it says that it will be supported on Steam. So that's what they claim, and for a while it will absolutely be true. I mean, it hasn't even moved over to the Epic Games Store yet. So it's going to be supported on Steam. But you have to wonder, two, three years down the line, is future DLC not going to come to Steam? Are they going to stop doing updates on that platform, uh, little gameplay improvements or new features that they add to the game? Or is it just going to be slowly dropped away as Epic Games wants to push people over to its platform? And now Rocket League is probably their biggest asset in doing so. They've also grabbed games like Borderlands 3 and uh, World War Z, some other big titles. But Rocket League is the largest multiplayer experience besides, of course, Fortnite on the Epic Games store. So they have a lot of incentive to push people over to the Epic Games platform. 
Yeah. If anything, though, out of this this transition, the one thing that the community is outraged the most is this Steam issue. And Rocket League and Psionics collectively have come together and said over and over again in vague terms and now more legitimate, straightforward terms, like Steam is still supported. There's no reason you should be worried. And I think if Epic Games wants us to succeed as well as it has, and as much as it can going forward, the Epic Games Store would be a great inlet for people who are familiar with Fortnite and want to jump over. But for those that are still playing and have all of that experience already built in, I think it would be a death sentence for them if they were to take it off of Steam. So I don't know how much that is going to be a worry when this actually comes through. It's still fresh on everyone's mind as it's still the main topic of discussion in this thing. But I mean, there's a lot of great things that can come from Epic Games taking over. One thing I've recognized in a video I watched this morning is fan-made maps. I mean, just custom building maps. There's a lot of coders out there making some great stuff. But as you've seen in, in Fortnite, they allow the option, not only is building a prime mechanic of the game, but they offer kind of a free uh, creation mode to make your own maps. And I bet they offer that similar thing in Rocket League. I mean, Lethemir has been mm-hmm. making some nuts maps out the there and I would map. love to play them. That Quidditch map is insane. insane. Volleyball. So they got cool. some new, all oh, those training maps though. I mean, they're not necessarily Leths, but I want to play those and I'm on Xbox and Switch and I don't get that option. So if Epic Games comes in and they offer this new opportunity for some sort of Steam-esque workshop, then... Oh, by golly, I am on board. And I'll bet they do. I mean, if you look at Fortnite, Fortnite's made it very clear that they are focusing on this creative world. In fact, that was one of their first priorities as they expanded the Fortnite world was, hey, we're going to make sure you could create awesome things. And then they used uh, creations like the block in game to actually put user creations into the Fortnite map. So I would imagine that that is something they want to focus on. I gotta ask, was the workshop map you watched this morning, was it Squishy doing a dribbling challenge? Uh, that was in it. It was the um, Floomp, Floomp Stop 10. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Top yes. 10 custom maps. And the, uh, my favorite one by far, guaranteed, Prop Hunt in Rocket League. That's genius. Yes, I love that. Um, I just watched it. Squishy actually did three hours ago. He released a video about him doing a new dribbling challenge. And for people who watch no Squishy Muffins is one of the leading YouTubers in... The Rocket League scene, he's also one of the best players. He's the defending world champion for Cloud9 and his rise, he actually began, I think most people uh, experienced him on YouTube and then he wins DreamHack as a as a part of the Muffin Men, an unsigned roster, wins DreamHack, gets signed by Cloud9, immediately becomes one of the top teams in the game and then wins the world championship uh, in RLCS season six. Yeah, him and Torment, that's a real team. I mean, Gimmick's nuts, but him and Torment have been through all of this together, and that's a, that's an unbeatable squad. Yeah, uh, Well, that being said, they're really getting beat right now. You got uh, teams like NRG taking this thing undefeated all the way to the championship, but on the other end, I'm watching Vitality come up, and I think I've got my money on them. Yeah, the, the young guns on both those teams. On Vitality, you have Scrubkilla, and on NRG, you have Justin, who are both, what, 16, 17 years old, just barely over the age requirement to play the game for sure yeah speaking of scrub killer though that guy if anything about content creation that guy became a professional because of content creation yeah he was dominating everything dominating once challenges at the age of like 12 13 years old and everyone was just waiting for scrub to become eligible for their lcs and he has not disappointed day one yeah so let's move on to the epic game store a little bit and what it is and where it came from so the epic game store is very new 
uh, only been released in the last couple of months. Uh, Epic really announced it, and then they've supported it through their Fortnite channels. They have some games, like we mentioned, Borderlands, World War Z, uh, and some other big ones. And what they're really trying to do is eat into the Steam monopoly. And Steam has had every single game that wasn't that wasn't by a gigantic developer ends up on Steam, usually. Uh, Blizzard runs ga- their games through their own platform. Riot has their own host for League of Legends. But most other games run through Valve, and Valve, Valve owns Steam. And that they, the biggest games are CSGO and Dota 2. But then it also just has every other game you might want to play. Um, I have Steam Auto open on my gaming laptop because if I'm going to play games, it probably I'm going to start with Steam. And what Epic is trying to do is take people away from that platform. And that's honestly a good thing because competition is good for both industries. And Steam is largely unmoderated and unregulated. And that's just sort of how they operate. It's Valve's uh, MO is just just it'll figure itself out. We're just going to provide the platform and you you can figure it out. We don't care. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, Steam, some people don't even understand a computer exists underneath that platform. That is all they use their computer for. Uh, it's it's an incredible device and people look past the fact that that in its own is a console. There's PC gaming and then there's Steam, which is mm-hmm. everything. I mean, you don't have EA games in there besides like Sims 3, but who's playing EA games anymore? Ooh, burn. EA got you. (laughs) Keep raking in your money. He's been flopping. Some big flops. You see Anthem? Oh, Oh, my. Anthem was huge. Yeah, we could talk about EA's flops. It's one of my favorite topics. I love to shit on EA. I feel horrible for Anthem. Those poor guys had a great game in mind. EA comes in as, I don't know. I think we should make this shitty. That has happened way too many times. Uh, You have... Uh, Apex Legends and Respawn, they created an amazing game and it's still a pretty good game, but yeah. EA I hear great things out of it. I've never played it, but... Oh, it's good. It's a good game, but it, yeah, Respawn is owned by EA and what Respawn did was just be like, yeah, we're doing this and uh, some devs in an anonymous article were like, yeah, we ignored a bunch of different things and EA higher-ups were pissed at us until it launched and it was super popular and then they're like, oh, great job, guys. But they had to have the balls to ignore some uh, some directive from directives from EA. <laughs> so with the uh, Epic Games Store, I mean they're they can't compete as on the same level as Steam with the growth and value and just constant progression forward with community base. What does Epic even have that can well frankly combat Steam? Uh tons of money. That's my best <laughs> <laughs> They just are rolling in. Valve is no stickler for having a shit ton of money. But uh, Epic Games has the capital. It's one of the few places that has the capital to compete with it. And if they can roll out the features that have made Steam so popular, uh, things like community tools for moderators, uh, cloud saves, achievements, trading cards, wishlist, uh, Steam summer and winter sales where they just drop titles by a ridiculous percentage um love it it's ridiculous you go on there and games that are normally 25 dollars are three dollars or you can buy a 10 pack of games that's like every single batman game ever made for 15 bucks stuff like christmas shopping made easy yeah i have i have just a whole list of games i've never played and it's just because 
well, I've heard about that and it's $2. I should, <laughs> Why not? I should buy that at the summer sale. Um, they have those uh, user reviews, forums, and all these different Steam standards. And Epic has said that they are going to be implementing those, but it's all a matter of when do they start coming. Right. And hopefully it's soon, but we have no idea. Epic is focused on so many different things and they're in a constant state of scale as Fortnite is massive and they are trying to really catch up to what is just blown up in popularity. And now Fortnite is steadying off a little bit. It's not on a the rocket ship rise it was for a long time, but they're still trying to figure out what they need for this game. Yeah, with Rocket League coming in, I do see that those opportunities for things like achievements and modded support and even the community tools that that uh, workshop. I mean, if they can bring in the workshop and put that on a Rocket League, like I said, as long as that can come across most platforms, not just the Epic Store. I mean, they got everybody's money. Yeah, exactly. or maybe they don't. Maybe Rocket League goes free to play. That's I mean, the that's huge one, that. right? Yeah. That's why they don't care if some people leave because they leave Steam. Because if they're planning to go free to play, they know they can just replace those players with new accounts that are and having ten new accounts is way better than having one really established long time account. If any game can benefit from a free-to-play model, Rocket League's the one. This is a kind of game any person can pick up, no matter how frustrating at the beginning. There's something so free about driving a remote control car in space against a ball with rocket propulsion, blowing up goals, smashing out players, scoring, winning. It's the most sports a game could ever be. Yeah, And free to play, you bring in new players, you bring in new styles, you bring in a wider audience. I mean, I I can't believe this game hasn't been free to play the whole time. And I think that's the biggest thing coming out of this on a positivity side is if if this all goes over smoothie and Epic takes over, they can make this free to play, open up a brand new store and just make their money that way. I think that would be best case scenario and that's what i'm hoping for i'd love some new competition because the people i'm playing are just too good yeah let's uh let's even out the ranks a little bit and just pull them down i don't care if i'm still in the just make my percentile rank higher by adding (laughs) more people below me that's all i give a shit let's get garbage competition garbage 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 um yeah so the thing is, Rocket League has already established this model. It was free to play when it came to the PS4 in early beta, right after they were moving a, a, away from their first title, Super Acropatic Rocket Powered Battle Cars, or SARP BC for short. That was a legitimate title of an actual video game. <laughs> great. They created a much better title. They really did. They did that great. Um, but it came free to play as it came to consoles and it immediately skyrocketed and they had to take it away because their servers were not ready to handle the massive influx of new people. But there were still a ton of people who have uh, Rocket League free to play from that initial offering on PS4. And Psyonix couldn't keep doing that because they were a small studio. Psyonix's previous history was basically helping out bigger companies with aspects of their game. They were wizards with the Unreal Engine, which is an Epic Games creation. And that is what they did most of the time. And then with SARPC, they created their first game. And then Rocket League, they really started taking off and they became uh, known in the world for Rocket League. 
but they still don't have a ton of money. So once Rocket League started taking off, they had to put an upfront cost, and it's what twenty to thirty bucks. I, I think yeah, it's like yeah, twenty four bucks. Nothing too big, honestly. I bought it twice. I'd buy it a third time now that I've set up my girlfriend's computer and she's been all over Steam playing the whole gang of games, <laughs> including Sims Three, which is why I know that's on Steam. But, <laughs> I was wondering, uh, how you yeah, I'd buy. It. <laughs> I'd buy it a third time. No kidding. It's not too much. But if that thing is free to play, I mean, I'm talking about players that don't know that the value of this game is undervalued. I'd spend 60 bucks on a game like Rocket League. Other people wouldn't. So free to play brings in some new people. You also mentioned uh, server issues. They couldn't handle it at first. And with this Epic's acquisition, there's a great chance that they have the value and the position to add a lot more servers. There's no more wait times for those grand champs. You can really find some new players and make some better lands that way. Yeah, absolutely. That's so, so important because people will get fed up with games if they're spending a ton of time waiting or they're lagging or something. And I've even noticed a massive improvement in just the last four to five months playing. I used to play on my home internet and I would be lagging all over the place, couldn't connect. And I've been playing really consistently the last two weeks and I've had very few issues, uh, very few drop. And so it feels obviously the Epic Games acquisition hasn't even taken hold yet, but they have definitely been improving their servers since I first started playing the game. And it it is so important for somebody's enjoyment because there's nothing, number one, most tilting, toxic teammates. Number two, most tilting, lagging all over the field. That's that's me. <laughs> number three, most most damning here, opening a loot box and just getting the garbage rare item to a car you're never going to own. <laughs> I, I avoid loot boxes for that exact reason, although I just use an encryptor. I told you this off... Uh, off stream using encryptor, got a black market decal. I was feeling pretty, feeling pretty clean about myself. But and there's a one percent chance of getting something like that. You get it in three tries. Three encryptors. I didn't even buy the upgraded rocket pass. I just had the free <laughs> rocket pass. I'd say you wasted your lottery there and got a got a cheap item, but you could sell that stuff upwards a hundred bucks on. I can't though because I can't trade it. Because from an oh, encryptor, right. yeah. <laughs> encryptor, damn you. <laughs> Man, but I, you know, I wouldn't be upset if if uh, if Epic moves away from loot boxes. I think they have a good system set up with Fortnite already with their item shops, and I think if they bring that in, you could just see a cycle out, kind of like it has in the esports shop right now. Every week, every couple of days, you get a new item put in there, and now you can make your car as green as you want, as yellow as you want, as blue as you want. The white ones probably cost a bit more. We'll see if you want to cash out ten bucks for some good wheels. Yeah, and that's it's such an interesting way of games in general have been moving away from this. And this is because uh, if you've been listening to this podcast, I broke down the loot boxes, legal issues uh, about a week or two ago. And there's a lot of legislation out there banning loot boxes. Multiple countries in the EU, including Belgium and the Netherlands, have uh, passed legislation either taking away loot boxes from games or significantly changing how they can be used. And now there's a bill in the U.S. Senate, which is also has that goal. And that's so important because what they say is it's gambling. And we, we I dive all in deep in that. I don't see it as any different than opening a pack of like baseball cards. Um, but that's that's a whole here nor there. That's a that's a whole different topic we can get into. But what it is, what it means for games is that when you can use a model like what Epic Games has used with Fortnite, which is just a classic straight up item shop, no gambling required. You just, you spend money on an item, on a cosmetic, and you get that. 
and you can do that yeah. and it's proven very successful for Fortnite, why would you not? And then you also are not running any legal troubles. It just makes more sense. The item shop seems like it works uh, better and people are spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars on Fortnite. I think the original thought was that if it's random, people will spend more. But that doesn't seem to be the case. If you offer good cosmetics that people want, Fortnite players have no discretion on their spending. They are just taking their mom's credit cards and just swiping them over and over and over again. You tell me I can spend $5 to get those Cristiano wheels on my Switch, I'll do that. However, if you throw it into a, a 50% chance, if I throw a dollar in at a, a loot box, I'm like, oh, probably not. I don't want I don't want the other decal instead. Yeah, you end up with 15 decals of different things. And that's why I always avoided it because I personally don't like the random chance. But I will go in that item shop. Uh, of course, I unlocked this black market decal I'm playing on my friend's PS4 or my roommate's PS4. So that's... Oh, you... I hope this is your account. Did you not? Did you just give this guy a black market item? I absolutely did. I don't have. Oh, yeah, you sharing that. I know. That's so kind. I know. That's so nice of you. I will never. I will never get it back. It's it's a rip. <laughs> because you can't trade it. Yep. You open it with a decryptor. Yep. Like a pleb. I know. I'm an idiot. But hey, that's how it goes. <laughs> it's his PS4, so I would never be able to take it off of it anyway. I don't think. That's true. Yeah. That doesn't matter. You can enjoy it for a minute. And then you get to say goodbye and try it again. Yeah, that's my thought. At least it was from an encryptor. But that's why I haven't opened any crates until last night. And of course, I, for the first time ever in my life, hit the god tier item. So, And then Epic Games will take over and you can spend 50 bucks and buy it back. But what happens to that trade market? If you move to an item shop, does that trade market still exist? I think it depends to me is if they backtrack. So there's been a bunch of crates that are now retired. And there will always be a demand for those items. But if they start putting those items into the new shop, suddenly all the keys spent, the uh, keys or the in-game currency in Rocket League, mm. suddenly that becomes a little worthless. And you could see the whole trading community really get up in arms because there is a big community around that. If their items suddenly get priced out and just get put in the shop at five keys and they spent 45 keys on it, they're going to be pissed about that. Yeah, but that's something you got to take you know, with a grain of salt in this case, it's a whole new market. It's a whole new company. It's a whole new game. I don't think trading will go away. I think if you want to throw 10 bucks at an item just so you can trade it for a different item, I don't think Epic Games would stop that. But like you said, they'll probably wait out all the loot boxes and send these crates off into oblivion, let you hold on to your keys so you can use them, but you're really not losing anything if all of a sudden you can't buy keys anymore. All of a sudden, you just have empty boxes and Epic gives you the option to hold X on that and just delete the crate. It can just go. I think it'll take a while to really phase that system out because people are holding on to some big keys for some reason. And uh, eventually, you'll have a market just shop look up, start up and then the entire value of items will get completely reset. Maybe they'll be cheaper. I mean, you find a black market item online, you find that dueling dragon uh Coal explosion, you're dropping 109 bucks or so. 109? I mean, I've seen that once. It may be down to 60. I mean, the the, uh, the price of these things can bounce quite a bit based on how much is in the system and how much can be traded to just uh, the open range. One second. I'm looking up the black market thing, seeing yeah, how much money I'm the value here. The mainframe. Uh, no, it has to have no, um, no color default color, 20 to 30 keys. 
How much are keys? Do you know that off the top of your head? I think it's like two dollars for $2. one key or something, like one ninety nine for one key. I'm not sure. Okay, so that's about a about a forty to sixty dollar pull I did off that encryptor on my friend's account. That's great, just great. Yeah, as of today, the dueling dragons up to fifty five keys. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> some spendy dragons, man. Interesting. Yeah, so that's that cosmetic thing, and it makes that's why it makes so much sense. This acquisition does because that's exactly what Fortnite has done so well is have these different cosmetics that people love, and Rocket League has experimented with it, and so Rocket League just feels the way the game is run very similar to Fortnite. And we even talked about the big thing that Fortnite introduced, which is the battle pass and this tier list that you could continually rank up by doing challenges. Well, Epic introduced that about six months ago. Yeah, it's already in the system. Yeah, so it's, you know, the games are operating on a similar way, which makes a lot of sense to me. So then let's talk about exactly how Epic Games has run Fortnite and some of the ways it's differed from how Psyonix has run Rocket League. And one of the key ones is the esports scene. This is what a lot of people were talking about. Epic Games has... I would say mishandled the Fortnite esports scene. They put in these game-breaking items and mechanic changes days before massive tournaments, giving pros very little time to change or adapt their playstyle. And people were worried that something like that would happen to Rocket League. Rocket League's a game that has very little changes, very very few actual changes in how the game works. You know, they don't change the car types, they don't change uh, how fast they can go or anything like that. And so people were worried, does this start? Does this mean that Rocket League is going to start introducing these wacky new concepts? And personally, I don't think so. I, I think, yeah, I don't think so. they've established it. They know what they're doing. Battle Royale is so much different than Rocket League. Rocket League is a very centered, formalized experience. But what if they do? What if they just start throwing in random wacky wacky things into the into the arena like how would that impact your ability to enjoy the game yeah i mean first off i don't think it's possible i think uh, rocket league is so all already established it's very popular it's a it's one of the top esports for many people i mean myself it's one of the only ones i watch religiously and i'm well on to season seven here of rlcs if they were to though I, I mean, they'd have to do it in a way that makes sense. I don't know if they put in curveball as an actual ready mechanic. <laughs> instead mutators, of just a, you get the, <laughs> you get right. Yeah. Everything becomes a weapon. You turn guns in. So your demos become easier. I'm not sure. It changes the speed of the game so that they're instead of five minutes they're cut down to three. I'm not sure. Um, I, again, I, I don't see that as something that Epic can do without one incredible backlash and a loss of a lot of legitimate players. And two, it's, you know, that'd be difficult. That'd be really tough for such an established scene. I mean, there's a lot more that can come out of this and especially if they can pull in a lot more users and make a wider audience out of this thing, Mm -hmm. they could bring in people that would be okay with changes since they're not already established into what rocket league is, but to make a big change to a game like that, without, I don't know, releasing an entirely new game, I don't see that being possible. I don't, I don't see it being a thing either. And I think after Epic Games has seen all the backlash from how it's happened in Fortnite, they would never touch a scene like Rocket League that's already wary about them joining 
with some stuff like this that they know has already been unpopular. It just it serves no purpose in Rocket League. Whereas in Fortnite, they do have a very casual audience in a large and mo- most of their players are casual and they enjoy stuff like the baller, which is literally a hamster ball that bounces around and competitive players yeah. just sit in it until the last six spots because it's safer <laughs> than actually bad. fighting people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you said, Battle Royale, it's new, it's volatile. They can yeah. do whatever they want with it, frankly, because they kind of took over. They took it off of the the shoulders of a game like PUBG, and they are now the Battle Royale creators in a sense. They can do whatever they want because there are they are the ones establishing the meta. They can't come into a game like Rocket League and be like, we know what's best. But when it comes to Fortnite, they can throw whatever stuff they want in. Frankly, it's a goofy game. It's a fun game. And the professionals that play it all the time are readily available to take on any new challenges, make the most out of every weapon, item, vehicle, and things that go on. I'm not a huge Fortnite player myself, but I've seen video, I've seen talk, I've seen the movements that have been made in the game. And it seems that nothing's overly disruptive and and hurts the game except for when they, what did they do? They, they changed the damage percentage to make like competitive play more aggressive and it kind of went back on them. Yeah. They took health on kill out of the casual mode, which people hated and put it only in the competitive mode. And that was just a goal. That was right when competitive mode released. And my personal theory is that just was to push people over to competitive mode. We're going to take this very popular mechanic and if you want it, it means you're probably an aggressive player who gets a lot of kills, so you should be playing arena. So we're just going to make it only available in the arena mode. And that, to me, makes sense. People were pissed about it, though. Oh, yeah, big time. And, I mean, it makes sense. They should be allowed to test and try things. Like I said, they pretty much own the scene. They're building the meta. If they want to try something and it doesn't work out in their favor, I mean, frankly, in this case, it didn't work in their favor because new players, I'm not good at the game the best chance I have to play is my friend wants to play. And if I walk in and someone's going to come at me with a shotgun because they can take as much damage as they want and still get their health back when I die, because I'm a fool like that and I don't know how to aim right, (laughs) then I'm going to drop the controller quickly. I'm going to go back to Rocket League and start flying in the sky, doing the same thing to the fools on the other side of the field. Take it, Blues. Yeah, they just uh, just took out the pump shotgun just about a couple weeks ago. Yeah, they took out the most overpowered or the most powerful shotgun weapon, which was the one that could one shot headshot you and it's gone now. Um, so that's that's Fortnite balance. And the players, the competitive players of Fortnite don't really have a choice because the prize pools in Fortnite are massive. So the Fortnite players could complain all they want. They're not going to stop playing because the Fortnite World Cup has a prize pool of $30 million. $30 million? $30 million. Makes it the largest <laughs> esports tournament by prize pool of all time. And that happens uh, late July. So all the players can complain all they want. And there's not a single competitive Fortnite player who is putting down the controller and playing something else. Not until at least after the World Cup. My God. Rocket League is shaking its own hand because it reached over a million. Exactly. You're telling me 30 million over on their sister company or sister game? Yeah. So Rocket League, that's the other thing is, you know, we're in the middle of RLCS season seven there is a very good chance RLCS Season 8, like Rocket League goes free to play, the competitive scene jumps up 5 to to $10 million. Like that's a very legitimate possibility. Fortnite is $100 million 
in competitive events over 2018 and 2019. My God. A hundred million dollars. Gaming, dude. Yeah. Gaming. Gaming is, yeah. So it's massive. So even just imagine 10% of that to a game that they own, not out of the world of possibility, not at all. And Man. so we're going to talk about Fortnite going on after the World Cup. Well, there was a huge hire, and we talked about this at the very beginning of the show. Appreciate y'all listening this far. If you've enjoyed this conversation, I, I hope so. But uh, yeah, the huge hire is Overwatch League Commissioner Nate Nanzer is now an Epic Games employee. His official role has not been stated, but it is safe to say he is in a leadership position in front of Fortnite and or Rocket League Esports. I assume he's focused mostly on Fortnite, but this hire kind of shook the esports world for a couple of reasons. At first, I want to talk about what it means for the Overwatch League. The Overwatch League is in the middle of its second season. Uh, in between the first and second seasons, they added eight expansion franchises, and those went for prices ranging from 20 to up, up to $50 million per slot. So if you're a put yourself in the shoes of an investor who just spent 40 to 50 million to have the Paris eternal spot in the Overwatch League and then midway through your first season the commissioner leaves for another job how would you feel Oh god you just dropped all the money and now the 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 esports scene looks like it's in a threat Oh man, I don't. I can't put myself in those shoes, and I'm not dropping forty million on a gaming company. Yeah, I, yeah, it's crazy. And the, that does look like a huge cry for help. You mentioned this earlier, and actually before we're recording, that you're like, I mean, this could be scary for the gaming scene, the esports scene. I mean, it could fall apart. And I don't agree with that. I think gaming, as its own, is built as a viewer, spectator, and player sport. The investors, whatever, the commissioners, who cares? I mean, this is, people are going to play games and people are going to watch them. And if people are going to watch people play games, people are going to be good at those games. And if they're good at those games, they're going to keep playing. There's people out there still playing Halo 3 because like, they're the best at it. There's no way. I mean, Ninja managed to jump out of that scene, but he wasn't very good at it anyways. (laughs) And so, (laughs) um. But yeah, I, I don't think I don't think losing a commissioner would end the Overwatch League. I still like Overwatch. I'm not very good at playing it because I drop in as Widow and everybody gets upset with me. Uh, but I, I'm still going to watch other people come through with that same sniping chick and dominate the scene. Don't need a commissioner to tell me that the game is good to watch and the players are fun to see. You can get really into that scene no matter what. It's a spectator sport beyond all else. And there's nobody that needs to set that up outside of the viewers itself. In Twitch, you can have million dollar prize pools and nobody's running that but one person on the side of a camera. Yeah, I I agree with that for sure. And it is based on viewership. I think the main worry is that it's the initial upfront prices have gone quicker than the viewership has. Because Overwatch is a popular game, but it is not the most popular it loses out to league of legends it loses out to Fortnite. it loses out to csgo a lot of cases so is that to its own dota yeah it loses out yeah so it's it's a game but it also has the largest franchise fees so it's the most expensive to get into but isn't the top and that's a that's a worry so you're right as long as overwatch remains popular it will still be around it will still have a scene but the question is can they draw the eyeballs that makes those investment numbers worth it? And that's what I don't think they've proven yet. 
No. Yeah. I mean, that's tough to hold. There's so many other games out there to be watching. And I mean, you can be invested in all of these games, but as much as you say you watch basketball or football or baseball, that's three games. That's three sports and three competitions. Then you got Overwatch, CSGO, Dota 2, Rocket League, Fortnite. You've got Halo games. You've got every single game on the market. You can watch Marble Madness as an eSport. I mean, that's a thousand different games that everybody can watch and you got to have selective viewing sometimes on those things. Yeah, you've got fighting games, you've got card games, you've got uh you've got IRL streaming. You there's so many different things competing for your attention and there's new games being released all the time. So you're right. It's it's very difficult to really dominate a space. And right now League of Legends is that leader, but you know, it's tough. And I think Overwatch has tried their goals for this investment are based on two different things. And one is a move to linear television. They have signed a deal with ABC and Disney and ESPN to broadcast games on that family of networks, which is kind of tough to watch. Overwatch is a very quick game, kind of hectic. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of screens to be switching between. I get confused sometimes when I'm watching Rocket League, and that's just six players. Yeah, and they're just all driving cars. In Overwatch League, you have to you have six different characters, all with unique abilities, all doing different things. They all have ultimates. Their ultimates interact with each other. There's strategies. There's metas. It's a lot to explain to the casual channel flipper as they go through the... <laughs> You come up and all of a sudden you're Widowmaker in a window and then you're down on the ground with a battle axe and all of a sudden you're on the other side of the field that's running as Roadhog. I'd be lost. I'd be totally lost. I'm, I'm, I'm lost just thinking about yeah. it. I don't even know the characters' names at this point. Yeah, there, there's been you new know, ones. You got to know next? No way. I, I still – I try and watch all the different esports, but like you said, there's so many different ones. There's no way for – People assume as I'm an esports podcast host and an esports writer that I know everything about every esport. No. I can't do that. There's so it's many games. Like I can't be invested in the CSGO scene, the Rocket League scene, the Hearthstone scene, the League of Legends scene, and the Overwatch scene. That's just too much. There's they change too quickly. Um, give me that. Give me that Stardew Valley scene. Star. Give me something Valley. relaxing That's to watch. Yeah. I'm focused on the Marble Olympics personally. That's my. That's my real meta. Marble Olympics. <laughs> do you watch that? Yeah, you talking about Marvel Olympics? Come on, we our our hosts, the poor. What are they? What's our host called? Um, the Oceanics. Uh, the Oceanics are not doing well this season. They no. are doing so bad. The Green Ducks fanatic, baby, Sco Ducks. No, it's not Sco Ducks. Come on, I'm all about those crazy cat's eyes. They were running that game for a minute. Now I'm kind of switching over to the Hazers. <laughs> I can't believe you watch Marvel <laughs> Olympics. So for people, I love Marvel Olympics. <laughs> For people who aren't familiar, the Marble Olympics is literally this dude who runs a YouTube channel and he creates these races for marbles. And then they're very unique. The last one that went up was rafting, where they all are in a floating raft and the best yeah, time sent wins. down a stream in the middle of a field. Yeah, you've got like dirt races, you've got obstacle races, you've got like balances. It's ridiculous and the production value is just incredible to watch. Just choose a marble and then just root for them the whole way through and you're going to enjoy it, honestly. It's a dead heat competition of nothing but luck. Absolutely nothing but luck. If the Green Ducks are the best, number one, go Ducks. <sighs> Garbage. Yeah, uh, I went to the Garbage. University of Oregon. Garbage. Max, my friend here, went to uh, Oregon State University, which they don't like the Ducks, but I do. <laughs> there should be competition, but... Uh... <laughs> 
Oregon State doesn't win a lot. Hey. They're not doing too well. So anybody out there listening across the country, you know those ducks. You don't know those beavers. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say that. I wasn't gonna I wasn't I was gonna be above that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fact of nature. <laughs> and somehow the beavers lose out to the quacks. Go quacks. Quack, quack, quack. Go quacks. Uh, Go Oregon. Okay, so yeah, we're we're getting a little long on this podcast, but I want to talk about what the hiring of Nate Nanzer means for Epic. And in two parts, I think I, I really do think he'll be mostly focused on Fortnite. But in for Rocket League, all it is is just a direct representation of, hey, this is what is now open to Psionics and Rocket League that wasn't previously. There's zero chance Psionics could ever offer the money it would take to hire Nate Nanzer away from the Overwatch League. It is impossible. But Epic Games can do that. And so now Epic Games can take a leader in the space, somebody who has sold Overwatch League spots for millions upon millions of dollars. This man knows how to get traditional sports investors into esports. And Rocket League is the perfect game to get their investment. It is sports. It is. It exists in that realm in between the NBA 2Ks and the FIFAs that are literally sports representations and the heavy out fantasy or shooter games Rocket League exists in a very unique realm of it's a sports game, but it's also uniquely digital in a way that NBA 2K or Madden are not. I, I have always said that Rocket League is the most sports a game could say it could be. And I mentioned that earlier in this podcast. You got games like Madden or or 2K or FIFA. I mean, you press a button and a ball is kicked, thrown, shot, or something. Rocket League, you control the car. You jump in the air. You chase this thing down. You are after it. The, Rocket League could not exist in the real world. It can only exist digital. And it is by far the most sports a digital version of anything could possibly be. And it makes a lot of sense to turn that into the leading esport because it just fits that realm so much it's epic it's fun it's exciting the commentators blow up about it i mean it's shown everywhere but it doesn't have that viewership right now Fortnite, it does so when you say that nate nazar's coming on i don't think rocket league's going to be a big focus of his right out the gate i'm sure he'll have something to do with the growth of rocket league but i say you have to give that two more years or something as this scene is still growing rapidly before he's going to put his all his tokens into that game Fortnite still has that great possibility. I, 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 it's hard to predict where Fortnite's going to go. I know the the player base and age is kind of is moving up the charts. It's not such a young play anymore, but it's uh, it does it have more players than it did months ago? Is it still growing in that case? It depends. Their numbers are always oh we crossed this amount of active accounts, but it's so hard to actually judge the daily active players in Fortnite. And I have seen their they had their most ever players in February when they held the Marshmallow concert. They brought an actual EDM artist and had him hold a concert in Fortnite. And they claim that was the highest ever individual players in the vet um, or in in game at once. So I don't think it's fallen off, really. They've introduced this season seems to be a win in a lot of cases, and obviously people are going to move on. Rocket League did this. It went free-to-play, was huge. Fortnite came out. People moved on. And Apex Legends took a took a chunk of their viewers, but I think there's still another game out there. And it might just be the Battle Royale format falls away. The Battle Royale format was so new to gamers, and now it's been out three years, people might be looking for whatever the next new thing is. 
Man, those EDM artists, they like video games. They you got do. Marshmallow over on, on Fortnite. You've got uh, Dead Mouse over mm-hmm. on Rocket League. Yeah, uh, Tiesto's and, invested into NRG esports. Well, just straight into an eSport? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Those are hard. Um, so a little bit about Fortnite. What hopefully Nate Nanzer can do and why we think he'll be focused on Fortnite is to provide that consistency. Like we said, the pros might leave Fortnite after the World Cup ends because... I mean, if they're getting sick of all the constant changes and adaptations, maybe they'll try and get a payday at the World Cup. Doesn't work. They're like, I'm out. I'm going to go compete in some other game. The Apex Legends scene will probably be more developed. But what I'm really hoping Fortnite does is they create a league. And this Fortnite league is so interesting to me. Um, because right now, so we said Epic Games has put over $100 million on... Fortnite event. What they've done, though, is just these random different events. It was the summer skirmish last summer. Then it was the fall skirmish. And they're just completely different rule sets, different groups. I can't even explain them because they're different. Oh, excuse me. Then you have the Winter Royale, which is, uh, again, completely different. They introduced the Infinity Blade right before it. It's just an absolute shit show. Uh, You keep going. And then you have Share the Love in February. Again, different event. Uh, gauntlet open qualifiers again different events so it's all been different and then now you finally have the Fortnite World Cup qualifiers we're about week seven I I believe week seven just happened so week eight is coming up of the qualifiers there's 10 weeks and then the World Cup but after that what I'm hoping is they actually formalize the Fortnite esports scene and how to do that is actually something that both H1Z1 did and the H1Z1 Pro League has folded, but PUBG is doing right now. And it's so, it's basically how it, it looks. If you're familiar with NASCAR or motor racing, basically, or the Marble Olympics, uh, <laughs> you hold a race or you hold an event, the scores all tally, and then they get put into a leaderboard. So say you choose the 100 best Fortnite players. And they're playing in squads. I think both the H1Z1 and PUBG are both squads. And actually, Fortnite is focused mostly on solo and duo competitions. So that's an interesting wrinkle as well. But basically, how it would work is you take 100 players. And they either uh, solos, duos, or squads, or all three. And they drop in, uh, say, three times. They, they just do. That's, it's a closed lobby against all of them. They drop in three or five times every week. And the whole game plays out, the winner, and then points are tallied based on a score system, and then it just goes on a leaderboard. And then the next week, they do it again, and the leaderboard updates. So the benefits of this is that Fortnite is such an RNG-based game. It depends on where you drop, who's around, the loot you get, um, just any bug that you might encounter, because Fortnite still has plenty of those. What this does is it takes out the RNG from it and provides a very consistent form for Fortnite esports. So that's my hunch. That's what I think Fortnite is going to announce after the World Cup and what Nate Nanzer is going to be really in charge of. Man, I don't know much about these uh, Battle Royale leagues you talk about. Uh, Do you think it would work? Do you think it's working for H1Z1 and PUBG well enough that Fortnite would adopt that? Well, the H1Z1 Pro League folded, so it didn't exactly work for them. (laughs) But they also had to compete. I mean, they created it and then PUBG came out and Fortnite came out. And so the player base disappeared. And like we said, uh, the key thing for any esport is having people play the game. So people just stopped playing H1Z1. 
Um, otherwise, yeah, I, I, think I haven't could've... heard anything about it. Now. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's still the game still exists, but the pro league was not profitable. It wasn't getting viewers. Um, the PUBG League is interesting because while PUBG, while Fortnite's the main battle royale in America, PUBG is the main battle royale in Asia because uh, Blue Hole is a Korean company. So PUBG is actually still super popular in Korean PC bangs and uh, is run in a large, large portion be, uh, by China and uh, Asia. It's similar to League of Legends in that way, that it's uh, the majority of competitors and the best competitors in that game are in Asia. So the casual American fan might think PUBG is dead when in reality, it probably has more daily active users than Fortnite does, but they're all hidden under the Chinese government. Sure. Yeah. That information doesn't come across too well. Uh, What about other battle royales like uh, Apex Legends or Blackout from Call of Duty Black Ops 4? Uh, that's a good question. Apex Legends still hasn't really announced their competitive scene. They've said they're opening up to third-party tournament organizers. I know the World Showdown of Esports is looking at Apex Legends to hold future events in, uh, but they haven't announced any formalized leagues. And for Blackout, uh, for Black Ops 4, they already have Call of Duty. Such a the Call of Duty World League is so well established, and actually, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Um, it's, it's just Call of Duty Modern Warfare, even though there's four versions already. Just just was announced uh, today. The newest Call of Duty is Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the repeat, which is actually the fifth isn't one, kinda, but it doesn't have five. Isn't that kind of the end of them, end of them too? Uh, didn't they say this is going to be the, the last of that IP before they go on to something different? I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, you can't. We're I Black Ops 4, Call of War, Modern Warfare 5, like, let's... They're just driving those into the ground. Yeah. There's so many. And I mean, why sacrifice your IP and take people out of the previous game when it's still doing so well? I say, yeah, put your money towards something new, a new IP. It's the same mechanic, sure, but you can you can keep that growing without it being Call of Duty anymore. You've you've done that. You won that. That's good. Yeah. Well keep it around. Hey, Call of Duty is the best selling game every single year. It is. Besides, yeah, it's I a mean, rock star title. Like last year was actually Red Dead. But you have to go back four years. It's Call of Duty. Then it's Grand Theft Auto Five. Then another three Call of Duties. So it's like only when Rockstar releases massive open world games does uh, Call of Duty lose out the top spot. But they're still second or third. So their their thought process is: Hey, if it's not broken, we're just gonna you're just gonna keep getting Modern Warfare three, four, five. Yeah, oh, no it's Modern Warfare I'm one. So then the next is gonna be Modern Warfare two. But they're like, we didn't do this already. Don't worry about it. We're just gonna. Yeah, yeah, hold on. Have we done Modern Warfare 2 before? I'm like, huh? I don't think so. <laughs> we got away with mo- doing Call of Duty Modern Warfare for the second time, so why don't we try to do Modern Warfare 2 for the second time? Yeah, let's remake them. Yeah, yeah I've I've been outside of those uh, AAA title worlds for a while. I've been so locked into the, to the uh, not necessarily the small kind of indie scene, but at the same time, the small kind of indie scene. Not that uh, Rocket League really counts as that, but a game like uh, Hollow Knight, uh, that's going to hit the top list of my best game ever played for for the foreseeable future. That game is insane. Yeah, I'll have to have you back on to talk about some of your favorite indie games. I am a, mm-hmm. I'm a purist. I focus on, I play uh, just too much Hearthstone and too much Rocket League. And that's just <laughs> my... Playing Hearthstone I, oh, I, I hit the arena leaderboard in March. That, for my followers, this is my, this no is my humble brag. So if it's not that humble, I actually balled out in March and I was... 126th in arena mode uh, across North and South America. So your boy's nice. Hey, let's, go, 
Let's give a clap for that. Hey, congratulations. I appreciate you. That's a that's those thousands upon thousands of hours I spent in Hearthstone. We're all working towards that 126 ranking. Was it worth it? Absolutely it was worth it. Yeah, that's what matters, man. You throw your money towards those deck of cards, and I, that game is huge. I never got into it, but uh, Blizzard, those guys know how to take any single genre. I, I'd be scared if I was Fortnite looking at, they could make a battle royale, and they can make it better. They took a, they took out a Team Fortress 2 in a good chance with Overwatch. I mean, everyone's looking at everything they make. It's like, oh, this is just going to be another one of those. Oh, wait, no, this is way better. They have failed a couple times. Like they tried Heroes of the Storm and they were like, oh, oh we're going to come God. for the MOBA genre. And League of Legends just laughed in their face. It's like, lingered not. You're right. They probably learn from that and Battle Royale's off the table for Blizzard. They don't really need to challenge it too much, especially since they made Dota 2 like a decade and a half ago or something nuts like that. And that is still the biggest game in the world, making the most money. I think they're going to do a uh, a fighting game. That's what I think is. I think Blizzard and Brian yeah. are both looking at creating the next big um, 2D fighting game. If they're bringing their universes together and just kind of throwing in the orcs and the undead. Man, yeah, basically. Uh, yeah, you, you talk about Riot has the whole League of Legends world and uh, Blizzard has the World of Warcraft world. And you can just create some pretty awesome matchups and fight. Bring me back to Warcraft 3. <laughs> oh, didn't they just do WoW Classic? That's what they've been working on. They're always working on something. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I'm outside that... Uh, that blizzard scene but i've i've played seldom any blizzard games but i'm always excited for what they're making and it's always incredible you know ignoring heroes of the storm it's usually always incredible heroes of the storm was a good game the esports scene just didn't work but yes it's it, here it's hard to argue for heroes of the storm when there's games like league and dota out there um which are just yeah more polished versions, I would say. I mean, Heroes of the Storm is a good game. I never got super into MOBA in general, but if I was going to play one, it wouldn't be Heroes. It would be League. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, free to play and out there just beating everybody to the dirt. It's such a well-polished game. I played it not many times, but that's my female friend's absolute favorite game in the world. The reason we purchased an entire computer so she can get back into League of Legends. That is a dangerous game. You're not going to see your female friend very often after she gets into that. <laughs> oh, yeah. We've already thrown our, our hands into Sims 3, like I told you, and uh, you can't pull me out of that game either. No, Sims is an amazing game. You can get lost in that too. I'm avoiding WoW Classic for that same reason. Uh, there's so many games out there where I just know the way I operate. If I get into a game, it means I'm playing... 500 to a thousand hours at the minimum uh, that's just that's how i do I, I just move to one game at a time and it's so hard for me to give up everything i've done in rocket league and Hearthstone. so it's gonna take an amazing title to really pull me away yeah no kidding well this doesn't have much to do with uh, rocket league Fortnite, or any other gaming scene but we're coming up on E3, and as we yeah. close out this podcast, I want to know what you're thinking for E3 coming up this year. Dude, I actually, normally I have a decent idea going in, like what we can expect. I wish I was there. That's that's the one thing. I'm, oh. I, I'm like almost muting E3 on my timeline because there's all these people. It's like, who's going to the E3 party tonight? I'm like, I, oh, I wish it was me. Um, yeah. But I, I really actually don't know. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah. I, it's weird. Normally I can guess, but I've been so focused on Epic and Rocket League lately. 
you know, I just haven't been paying attention to the the bigger titles. Yeah, I and mean, bigger titles really aren't what I'm even looking at this year. I've been so wrapped up in what Nintendo's been doing. I am a guilty pleasure Animal Crossing player, and I know that's going to be talked about. Also, Luigi's Mansion 3, you have my heart. Uh, there's a couple games I see in the horizon there from bigger AAA titles, maybe even some smaller indie devs that have been talked about that excite me quite a bit. I would hope that even Hollow Knight's uh, sequel game, uh, Silk Song, gets a little touch in there, but I don't know if it's big enough to show up on on the E3 scene. Yeah, it's tough to compete with other people. I mean, even Call of Duty chose today to release it, not um, not over not E3. Over E3 you get some hype prior, so maybe they'll have some more. Uh, some gameplay, some real showing, some get in there and demo this thing kind of work. And you got to get the hype up prior to that to make sure people are even going to go over to the Activision lot. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But that's, uh, that's, I think we should wrap up this podcast as part of, I think actually our longest one I've ever done on this podcast. So <laughs> we could do this uh, all our time. And I'd love to have you back, talk about some of these other topics. I have this, uh, this future of Rocket League idea that I'd love something to flesh out with. I'm actually going to say, I'm not going to tell you what it is right now. I'm just going to bring you back on. Actually, I will tell you, but I'm just going to say it five words. I hope I count it right. I'll try to Uh, code it together. 11 versus 11 Rocket League. Oh God. What? Maybe, maybe, maybe seven versus seven. Battle Royale. You demo someone, they're not coming back. What I <laughs> that would actually be hilarious. What I want though is I want people to have to start playing positions because right now Rocket League mostly operates in a circle. I want you to have to. You have a boost way more limited. I'm gonna flesh out this whole idea right now, but uh, boost way more limited becomes something you have to like uh, hoard and figure out when you want to use it correctly. You have people basically playing goalie, and it's a lot more redirects than it is like one person dribbling mm-hmm. down the field and it becomes a lot more like soccer much bigger map anyways want to flesh that out with you get your get your gears spinning on that one about uh get your ball chasing on yeah yeah that's it's but it would look so beautiful at the pro level yes it would be horrible horrible in the casual ranks nobody would have any idea where they're supposed to be but yeah you have to do overlook camps yes yeah you couldn't do that's true. That's true. Yeah, the viewership. Be, there's there's some wrinkles to work out. We can cover all that, but that's my that's my like ideal esport. I think is some very strategic uh, people having to fight with no boost or like twenty boost, and it it makes it so much harder to actually figure out what strategy looks like and where positioning is and um, goals scored could be would go way down. I think sounds interesting to me, but who knows if that ever happens. Um, anyways that's all for this esports network podcast appreciate everyone listening my guest today was maxwell bettendorf rocket league aficionado hollow knight aficionado marble olympics (laughs) aficionado uh always fun having you on my friend thank you for joining me right on yeah i know i loved it can't wait to be back we'll talk about some big rocket league moves some indie game scene maybe some uh the art of spectator gaming oh spectator let's do uh, it streaming culture let's, let's talk about the rise of streaming and how it poses problems Ooh. to esports we got things Absolutely. to talk about uh, if you enjoyed this podcast please remember to rate and subscribe yeah i'm a youtuber now uh hit that like button uh, just kidding um but actually please do rate and subscribe i really appreciate it we don't have uh we've only been doing this about a month and a half so all those clicks really mean a lot to us get us in front of more eyes and if you saw this ad or you saw our ad in times square Appreciate you taking the time to come in here, not just come in, but also listen to this hour-long pontification 
about Rocket League. We appreciate you as a listener, and I hope you come back. But that's all for this podcast. Have a good one, Max. We'll be back again soon. Down with the Green Ducks. Let's go Hazers. Green Ducks forever.